So the seventh day of Pesach or the eighth day of Pesach together, they're the, the dustbin as it were. They are the completion of Passover. So here we are waiting in the water. And the tradition teaches us that on the seventh day of Pesach, the 21st day of the month of Nisan, we arrived at that, at that seemingly impossible impasse. Here we were in front of the water and we were terrified, right? What's the song, right? You guys know the song? Like, Egyptians behind me, nothing to my left here, I am stuck in the middle with the reef of seeds, you know? And the, the, the Torah wants us to know, the Torah wants us to know that something significant happened there at that moment. The Midrash will relay to us, the Jewish folklore will tell us something very significant happens at, at, the, at that space. But first we have to know that this time of the year, the holiday of Passover and all of the days between Passover and Shavuot, the next pilgrimage holiday, the 49 days or 50 days if you count from the first day of Passover, it's a kind of spiritual preparation. And it is, of course, reminiscent of that other great spiritual preparation that, begin, that is in the autumn, right? The high holidays, as it were, of the spring is Passover and Shavuot. And the high holidays, of course, in the autumn are Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and they're held together. And just like Yom Kippur is the day that we count up towards some 30 days of Elul and then the 10 days that prepare us for Yom Kippur, we're going to count also for 49 days until we get to Shavuot. There's something about Passover and Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, there's something about the spiritual importance of this period. And it is very much connected to that moment that I just said I would tell you about, waiting in the water. But even before I tell you about the waiting in the water, you have to know that in our tradition, Passover is called an awakening from above. Itaruta mila'ela, hisaurus mila'ela means that there is within our tradition the sense that we didn't do anything to deserve Passover, as it were. There's a sense of grace, a sense of giftedness, a sense that, as the Midrash says, we were... Not only were we slaves in Egypt, but we were, we were in a pretty bad place. We had no merit, as it were, in that language. And so the Passover, like spring itself, is a gift. In contrast, the high holidays, you don't get anything for free. Not even high holiday tickets, right? <laughs> you have to work, 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 work. And so the period between, as I said, between Passover and Shavuot is more analogous to the period leading up to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Everybody get that? There's a kind of spiritual work that's involved, but it wasn't involved, so to speak, when we were redeemed in that moment in Egypt, except for one moment. There was one moment, as I've said many times in Shul, and if you want a really beautiful essay on this, Erica Brown, great author, wrote a, a new Haggadah called, uh, I think it's called Seder Talk. And she has a beautiful essay in there about the Paschal Lamb. And those of you who have been coming to Romu now for a couple of years know that, you know, I had never read Erica's essay, and so I couldn't believe when she was writing some of the things that I had been saying for years about the importance of this moment, the moment of the Paschal Lamb, where, where God essentially in the Torah says, until now I've been working on your behalf. It's been a gift, the nine plagues, all of the work as it were. But if you want to be free, you have to do something yourself. 
If you want to be free, you have to earn your freedom. You have to do something difficult, something that will push all of your buttons, something that will terrify you, something that will paralyze you, something that will say, there's no way I can do it. And in fact, many don't. This morning, in the reading this morning, we read from chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, and it begins with this line, that it was when we were sent out by Pharaoh that God took us a circuitous route. And then this strange word, and the Israelites went out, can everybody hear the word chumash in there? Chamushim. It means literally that they went out armed. Chamush means to be armed. But Rashi, quoting the Mechilta and other places, says that this is an illusion that they went out only 20% left. Vachamushim means that one-fifth of those who were in Egypt left Egypt. A scary statistic. What happened to the other 80%? Erica Brown asks. We know that some didn't make it through the plague of darkness. But many weren't willing to take the risk that the Paschal Lamb required. Many weren't willing to do the thing that they were afraid to do in order to earn, as it were, to say, my freedom will be my freedom. To take their own freedom into their hands and say, thank you for the gift, but here's what I have to do. 20% made it out. What a powerful image of the price that freedom takes on us and the price on not taking a chance exacts on us. And so we wade into the water. Here the Israelites are this morning, some 2,000 some odd years ago. And they arrive. And the Midrash tells us that there's one person named Nachshon ben Aminadav, Nachshon, who's willing to go into the water and it goes up to his nose, as the Midrash says, and then miraculously, the sea split. He took into his hand and said, I will be the one. And for years I listened to this Midrash, I heard it when I was a kid, and it, again, it speaks to the power, right, of, of fearlessness, of courage, the willingness to be a pioneer, the willingness to go out into some place that's dangerous, the willingness but it also speaks to the power of buoyancy. The power that faith has to lift us up when we feel despondent. The power that faith has when we put the blood on the doorpost or when Nachshon waded into the water and said, it's going to hold me. I'm not going to drown. That was the power of Nachshon. That was the power of, of his moment, of his willingness to go out. So we arrive through Nachshon, through the Israelites, to a place of owning our freedom. And the Torah tells us, okay, you've left Egypt. You left Chamushim, you left armed. You left only 20%. But now, says the Sloan Marebi, let me give you a third interpretation of the word Chamushim. Chamushim means Chamishim, 50. Not only does it mean 20% or a fifth, but it means also 50 days. You are going to leave Egypt with 50 opportunities to step into the deep water. Because even if you leave Egypt, the Salonimer says, through one door, there are 49 more to walk through. 
There are 49 other elements of slavery that have been adhered to the soul of the person. There are 49 more moments of resistance. There are 49 more moments where we're saying, I have to let that go before I can receive Torah in seven weeks. In a way, it's kind of like um, another song that I think, Nadav, you know this song. We did this once, remember? Here we go. Day by day. Yeah? Day by day. Come on, sing everybody. Day by day. You probably know these words better than the Sidur. Oh, sweet Lord, three things I pray. Okay, okay, good, 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 okay, good, good. You're all in next year's Purim Spiel. Beautiful, beautiful. Day by day, day by day. The 50 days are 50 Nachshon moments. The 50 days are 50 moments of Mizuzav being willing to sacrifice the Paschal offering. There are 50 moments to do what my Rebbe Rav Zalman said so beautifully, is to mean it. I remember um, every rabbi has to have like one joke in their, in their pocket, right? So this was my one joke. So Mrs. Goldberg comes to the rabbi and she says, Miss, you know, Rabbi, my son, it's really bad. My son is at home. He's sitting and learning. He went to Israel, became ultra-Orthodox. All he does is learn and pray. So now he says, Mrs. Goldberg, what's wrong with that? That's what I do, that's what I do for a living. She says, no, no, you don't understand, Rabbi. He, like, he does it all day and all night. He says, what do you mean? That's, that's what I'm trying to do. I might not be there, but that's, that's, I'm aspiring towards that. So what is it? She says, no, Rabbi, I don't think you heard me. He's all day learning and praying. Mrs. Goldberg, that's what I said. What's the difference? That's what I do. She says, but Rabbi, he means it. Let me, read, leave, let me read to you from Reb Zalman, my dear departed Rebbe. Taking up a practice is not easy. The decision is not one we can just slide under our psyche's radar screen, hoping it will just happen without conscious commitment. We must first make what Hebrew calls a haskama shebalev, an agreement in your heart, with our heart. We need an inner yes, Reb Zalman says. Just as we might decide that our physical health is something we need to set aside time and money for, we need to budget for soul stuff too. We have to set aside soul dollars and soul hours, even perhaps soul days every once in a while. And then he tells a story about the great Lev Yitzchak Berdichev. The great Lev Yitzchak Berdichev, the great Hasidic Rebbe, he used to say before he went to sleep at night, Master of the Universe, today I didn't do so well. I promise tomorrow that I will do better. Immediately he would chide himself and say, Lev Yitzchak, that's what you said last night. <laughs> ah, but tonight he'd reply to himself, tonight I really mean it. <laughs> and then Reb Zalman goes on to teach us, we have no better way to overcome the sabotaging that we do to ourselves, even to our own best laid plans, than to try to adjust the I mean it a little each day. Each day we unravel one more particle of self-sabotage. 
וחמישים עלו בני ישראל ממצרים. We went out armed with 50 days. 50 days to step into waters that seem to be too deep and to be buoyed by our faith that we can do it. 50 days to move the I mean it-ometer over a little bit more. I know I meant it last night, but I really mean it today. 50 little moments charging us all the way up to Shavuot. 50 moments. I want to bless each of you that tonight when we count the Omer, and hopefully for many of you who will be counting each of the days, to use the next couple of weeks to mean it a little bit more, day by day.